Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. The Creator God never sleeps. He requires zero seconds of physical rest. Notice Isaiah 40, verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard, that the everlasting God, the eternal, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. That's right. God never sleeps. He never even gets tired. Being tired is a physical trait, and God is a spirit being. But God understands his creation. He knows how much we humans need rest. And so he created a day meant for us to rest This day is the Sabbath day. Now, the Sabbath day is considered quite controversial to a lot of people. That's why God calls the Sabbath the test command. It is a real test of our obedience to him. The Sabbath is also an identifying sign of his loyal people because keeping the Sabbath does cause us to stick out. People notice Sabbath keepers, particularly those who keep it correctly. So the Sabbath is a test and it is a sign. We have an excellent booklet available to you for free at thetrumpet.com titled The Ten Commandments. And it explains how we humans have always tried to wriggle around the Sabbath command, the fourth out of the Ten Commandments. We can understand pretty well how all the other commandments make good sense. But the Sabbath, really? We have to give up one day in every seven? We can't do whatever we want on that seventh day Sabbath? That's too far. That's too much. Surely God didn't mean it. But the Sabbath is a glorious blessing. Anyone who's ever kept it the way God intends would tell you this. And God actually created this day, this Sabbath day, by resting. The Sabbath day is only one day younger than the human race. You can see in Genesis chapter 1, all about recreation week. The earth is likely millions of years old, just like science says, but the earth was recreated just about 6,000 years ago. 
God had to restore the earth about 6,000 years ago, and he did it in seven days. Well, more so six days of physical creation, of physical work. And then the Sabbath day, the seventh day, God was still creating on that seventh day. He created the Sabbath by resting. Notice Genesis 2, verses 2 and 3. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it, he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. Notice there, it says that God blessed the Sabbath day, which means he placed his favor on that day. God cares far more about the Sabbath than he does about the other six days of the week. The Sabbath is holy time. The Sabbath is God's day. It also says here in Genesis chapter 2 that God sanctified the Sabbath. That means he set apart the seventh day for holy use. We are supposed to use this day in a holy way, through holy spiritual work. God was working when he created the Sabbath, but he wasn't working physically. He wasn't forming and shaping the physical creation like he did the other six days of recreation week. God was working spiritually to create the Sabbath. This was real spiritual work. Now, it says here on page 46 of the Ten Commandments booklet, God kept the first Sabbath day by ending his work of the physical creation. Yet, his creative work was not completed. The creation of the Sabbath was the means for God to begin his spiritual creation of man. It is through the observance of the Sabbath that man can come to know the magnitude of God's purpose for human life, to be born again as a spirit being into the very family of God. You see, God created human beings on the sixth day. Then he created the Sabbath on the seventh day. Just a day apart. Human beings made to look like and develop the character of God. And then a day God made for us to observe to remind us of our purpose and potential. I like to think about that first Sabbath that God created by resting. Now, what must God have taught Adam and Eve, particularly on the Sabbath day, during this day of spiritual education, of true education. What was it like 
for the first humans as they were taught by God himself. That is how true Christians today keep the Sabbath in part going to Sabbath services and being taught God's way. But what would it be like if God himself was right there in front of us and teaching us in some way? That's what was happening with Adam and Eve each Sabbath. Really interesting to think about. Now, notice Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4, verses 9 through 10. There remains, therefore, a rest, which means keeping of a Sabbath, to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. This chapter, Hebrews 4, establishes a link between the Sabbath rest and the millennial rest. We must rest like God does on the Sabbath day. Each Sabbath following God's example so that we can one day enter God's kingdom and rest the way God does there as well. Resting on the Sabbath leads to resting in God's kingdom. The 1,000-year rule of Jesus Christ over the earth. And that is coming soon. But how? How does God rest if he doesn't need physical rest? How can we follow that example? Notice this quote from the Epistles of Peter, A Living Hope by Mr. Gerald Flurry. This is a booklet you can also get for free at thetrumpet.com. Again, the Epistles of Peter, A Living Hope. Here on page 81, Mr. Flurry wrote, God created the Sabbath by resting, and it refreshed him. He looked at his creation and at the human beings he had made in his image and likeness, He considered his master plan and how those first six days of the recreation were a type of the coming 6,000 years. The coming 6,000 years he would allot to mankind's rule on earth. Then he thought on that seventh thousand year period during which he will usher in his kingdom and govern the world. He meditated deeply on that future and the way he kept the Sabbath really inspired and encouraged him. He was lifted up and refreshed. He looked back on his creation and he looked forward to the time when he would be able to give all mankind rest from sin. He anticipated being able to refresh all of mankind with the millennium and the rule of Jesus Christ. Here we get a picture of how God keeps the Sabbath, particularly that first one that he created by resting. God's Sabbath 
schedule involves a lot of deep thinking. God is looking into his own master plan. It's a 7,000 year master plan. We are coming up on the end of the 6,000 year rule of humans over humans. Humans trying and failing for 6,000 years to come up with their own form of government and civilization. And then the 1,000-year rule of Jesus Christ is right around the corner, pictured by the seventh day of the week. Six days picturing 6,000 years, and then the the seventh day, the Sabbath, picturing 1,000 years, the millennium. God is thinking about that plan, and he's also looking back on creation. So the Sabbath allows God to look back and forward. It is history and prophecy. We can look back on the week that was each Sabbath. That is a real benefit of the Sabbath day. We can evaluate how the week went, where we succeeded, where we failed, Ways we can improve. And that really is a reality check. Maybe during the rest of the week, we were so busy with other things, with our physical labor, with our mental labor, that we didn't get to slow down and think enough about how much we were following the example of Jesus Christ. How much were we thinking and speaking and living the way our Savior lived while he was on earth. Well, on the Sabbath, we can slow down and we can think about that. And we can be taught and we can be refreshed spiritually. Now, back in Hebrews 4, it's important to point out here how God ceased from his own works. So on the seventh day Sabbath of recreation week, God stopped physical creation. He did that for six days and then he stopped, but he didn't sit around and do nothing on the Sabbath. God simply switched from physical work to spiritual work. And that's something we can do in our Sabbath observance. We switch from our work that we have to do the rest of the week to spiritual work. This is something that has really helped me a lot. I actually spoke about this here in Edmond at the recently completed Feast of Tabernacles. And one of the people there recommended that I expounded on this subject on the radio, which is why I'm speaking about this today. But this is just something practical that I have tried to apply in my life. Filling out a Sabbath schedule full of spiritual work, stopping the work that I do the rest of the week and focusing on 
spiritual work on the Sabbath day. This is a different way of thinking about the Sabbath. God really emphasizes that we rest on the Sabbath. And so maybe we can be a little bit too carried away with trying to rest physically on the Sabbath. But we know that God didn't need to rest physically on the Sabbath. Physical rest isn't the only kind of rest we need on the Sabbath. We just need to transition into a different type of work each Sabbath day. Spiritual work like God did on the Sabbath. I used to care maybe too much about physical rest on the Sabbath. But then I'd look back at the end of the day and think, where did the day go? What was really accomplished besides all that extra sleep overnight and maybe in a couple naps during the day? How did I really benefit? It can be easy to think, well, I haven't been sleeping or treating my body the way I should throughout the week. And so I'm just going to really overload on sleep on the Sabbath. Just sleep the Sabbath away and that way I'll feel better. And in that way, we are basically justifying neglect of our health the rest of the week. Maybe we think that we'll wake up on the Sabbath and essentially wing it. Maybe we'll just try to pray and study whenever we get a chance as the day goes along. And then one event leads to the next and the day is over. And not much was accomplished. To have a really spiritually productive Sabbath we do need some sort of a framework, some sort of a structure that can help us accomplish as much as possible while still enjoying physical rest. I really, really started changing my Sabbath observance about a year ago. One of my English students at Imperial Academy asked me if I had any Sabbath traditions. And while there have been some things we've done for fun as a family from time to time, there's not really any one thing that I could have said was a Sabbath tradition. Now, the reason it's so important to have a Sabbath tradition or two or three as a family is because that's what helps young children learn to love the Sabbath. I came up with a Sabbath tradition. Each Sabbath morning, I give a little treat to my daughter and my son, whether it's a cinnamon roll or a donut or something else. But they know on Sabbath morning, they're going to enjoy a treat. They also know on Sabbath morning that we're going to go for a family walk and maybe visit one of the other families on campus. They know they're going to see 
their friends at Sabbath services. They know they're going to have a special dinner or two. And so they have real tangible things in the Sabbath schedule that they can look forward to. Sabbath traditions that help even little children learn to love the Sabbath. This is the example Sabbath schedule that I gave to the people at the feast. This is really the framework of my Sabbath every single week now. I realize everyone's time constraints and demands are different, but this is just an idea for maybe a general schedule for the Sabbath. Friday evening, we have a family dinner and then a little bit of quiet time or nap time before we go to the Friday night Bible study. I try to be in bed by 10, up by 7, and then comes the spiritual priorities in the morning, followed by a family breakfast and the aforementioned Sabbath treat. This is such a thrill for my children. They love the weekly donut or whatever the treat is. And they associate that good thing, that rare treat with the Sabbath day. And they get excited about the Sabbath. And of course, as they get older, they'll learn to love the Sabbath for deeper reasons too. We watch the Key of David television program at 10 o'clock, followed by a family discussion, a family study, and a family prayer. Then we go on that family walk, like I mentioned. And once we come back home, we have some more quiet time or nap time or spiritual time before getting ready for Sabbath services. If we get ready fast enough, we can go to the hymn sing at noon, just around the corner on campus. We don't always make it every week. And then we have the Sabbath services and fellowship with the brethren from about 12.30 to 4.30. Then we come home for a little bit more quiet time or nap time or spiritual time. And then we'll host someone for dinner or someone else will host us or we'll just have a special dinner just as a family followed by more spiritual time and a family chat. And just like that, it's already Saturday night sunset. The Sabbath, this special 24-hour sunset to sunset period, is already over. There was plenty of physical rest, but there was also plenty of spiritual labor. Plenty of time spent drawing closer to God and to family. Physical family and spiritual family. Some other things that we try to do on the Sabbath throughout the day, just sp sprinkling in these activities, include church music and musicals, KPCG radio, church websites and publications. A lot of people on the Sabbath enjoy dating and serving other people performing or singing uplifting music, but it's a total rest from all of our usual physical 
concerns, from all of our worries and cares throughout the rest of the week. It's total immersion in God's way, in spiritual activities all day long. And it really is a delightful way to spend the Sabbath. It's a way of spending the Sabbath where I'm not checking the clock to figure out if the Sabbath is over yet. I'm not thinking about all the fun things I want to do on a Saturday night. And my family is continuing to love the Sabbath day more and more. The Sabbath day really is a blessing. And just like God rested on the Sabbath day by switching from physical to spiritual work, we can do that too. We can switch from our regular work throughout the week to a special kind of spiritual labor on the Sabbath, connecting with our Creator, thinking about our future. Notice this awesome quote from the Peter booklet by Mr. Flurry, page 84. Have a bad Sabbath, and you'll have a bad week. Have a good Sabbath, and you'll think of 1,000 years as a day. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.